Hey guys, just a heads up, this is a not safe for work podcast, so keep it in your pants until you won't get busted. <laughs> Orgasmic Terrorist, a podcast about acceptance around becoming authentic within our sexual exploration. Orgasmic Terrorist. Welcome to Orgasmic Terrace. Jenna and Sarah is here. Hi, guys. I think it's a good time to have a conversation about communication. I found that coming to find out who I am, one of the things that I needed to learn how to do was talk to my partner in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. What is your feeling on that? Oh, you know my feelings on that. Communication <laughs> is everything, people. It's so important to start having open and honest conversations, which can be very intimidating. It's not like we're taught to communicate on a day-to-day basis in our regular lives, and then you're going to go and add sexy times on top of that. And that can be overwhelming and anxiety can contributing, And it, but it can be the most wonderful thing if you start to get it down and, and you're able to be open and authentic and honest about what your needs wants desires are. So I'm here for it. You know, I am. So I remember having these conversations previously and I always thought that I was being criticized when my partner was talking to me about, you don't do this right, or you don't do that. And then it always made me very leery to do that in the future. I also felt that as I gotten older, I've gotten bolder in sharing my needs, wants, and desires, or it's just not doing it to me when you touch me there. Now, freaking, I'm a demanding biatch when it comes to like, touch me there, touch me there now, you know? <laughs> I'm like, I don't care if your feelings are involved. I'm getting what I want out of it. My poor lover has to deal with me going, oh, give me the thumb. He's like, come on. <laughs> I'm over here. I only have two hands. <laughs> and I think that's a beautiful thing where look at how happy and open you are about talking about you immediately your voice lightened and you're giggly and you're excited and and that's all through communication when you started your very first sentence about communication you told me your partner said you don't do this right that in itself is a communication piece and it's how we relay our thoughts and feelings to people that truly is going to make it a great playground or a not great playground. And even within the best communication, you're still going to have hiccups and and rabbit holes and pitfalls that you fall through, but it's what you can do with communication reparatively. So I love the idea about talking in the bedroom. I don't tend to talk a lot in the bedroom. It depends on the partner. If it's a dom sub relationship, obviously I am less talkative unless I want to be a brat and uh, garner some punishment. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) He's always like, uh, I can punish you, but I think you're winning anyway. <laughs> People couldn't see that and raise my hand. The brat, the brat, the brat. Exactly. Right in the bedroom, that's me. But with my other partners, I can be very vocal of, hey, just a little to your left or grab the toy or shove this in my ass or let me suck on your fingers. You can't go along your whole sexual life or in your regular life thinking that people are mind readers, that they know exactly how to turn you on. When you are in that middle of that euphoria, when you're riding high on all those endorphins and all the things that come with it, any of that stuff can change in a moment. You can be totally high and then start to experience 
a crash because your body has reached all of that pinnacle endorphin moment and you start to crash. Well, if you can communicate that before, you don't necessarily have to crash. You can lead it into another direction and kind of rebuoy yourself, especially with BDSM stuff. There's a lot of intense, intense feelings and emotions and physicality of those things. And you might go into it thinking, yeah, I want my ass beat tonight. I want to get pummeled. I want to be smacked. I want to be spanked. I want to be flogged and get into it and be like, this is absolutely not what I need right now. And you can either decide to do what I call fucking through it. And I use that also in a normal term, like outside of sex, fucking through it to me is anything that you decide to do to get to point A to point B and just get over the situation. So you're not taking the time to have an open and honest conversation of, look, this is not working for me. You just put your head down, you tuck in and you fuck through it and then you're done, right? You get yourself out of that situation. I feel it in my heart when you say that to me, I've done that a lot, but when I have to say that. When you say that, I feel like I'm not honoring my partner. I'm not honoring the situation. I mean, yeah, given we all have our good days and bad days, but when I hear you say that, my gut goes, oh, dude, that's not fair. But that's a perception that you have. Your partner loves you and your relationship with him requires communication. And yeah, you know what? He might be disappointed. They might be disappointed. But don't you think they would be happier to know that you honored your boundaries and you didn't go and put yourself in a place of potential harm. And yet you were able to clearly say, actually, I'm changing my mind. This is not the direction I want this, which could end up being a totally better scene for that moment. And they can still delight and have fun in whatever that looks like. Right. I do the same thing, but that is a people pleasing thing. I got into a scenario the other night where it's probably the first time I ever thought of using a safe word. Really? But I have a a people pleasing kink and it was honestly, it was too much. I should have stopped it. And I didn't, I fucked through it. And then I had the feelings of the yucky side, the yucky aspects of feelings after. Meanwhile, if I'd have just said something, that whole thing would have stopped and I wouldn't have been forced to fuck through it. I forced myself through that and I got to suffer on the other side. It was just a really intense scene where there was hair pulling and my face was down into my chest and it was super painful and I couldn't, there was two things. One is the people pleasing thing where I had that thought like you just did of then I feel beholden to my partner and all the things. Well, they were having a great time. Meanwhile, I'm suffering and not enjoying it, but I'm going through it because why? Like, why would you do that? Yeah. So it's something that I have to work on. It's my growing edge as well. But you have to remember in sex, like this is not something where you're like, oh, I don't like your attitude. I need you to stop. Some of the sexual things that we get into can physically harm you. Right. Mentally and emotionally as well. If we don't take the time to get those boundaries down and have really good communication about it and your perception of what your partner might have thought is yours. Well, and then I think about because I've done so many fucking through it because I was always looking for the, you know, love in all the wrong places. Yeah, sounds like a song to me. It is. (laughs) Yeah. I just got used to just fucking through it. But then once I started to own my, my sexuality and my orgasms, basically, I, and my boundaries, and I stopped fucking through it. I started 
getting my needs met and then going, oh, wait, are you okay? And checking in on my partner because sure. I didn't have relationships for a long time. It was really just fucking. And I was quite happy with that. Now that I have this relationship, I'm learning a whole new thing and having, you know, really good about communicating our needs, wants, and desires. Like I said, one of the things we do is plug in and I actually miss it when we don't do it. If we go more than three days and we haven't just laid there touching each other and looking at each other, TV off, no distraction, and just talking, I feel the loss. I feel the loss of not having that after four weeks. It's so addicting in my heart, my spirit, and the relationship. We went through a time period in the last two weeks where we didn't do it as often. And I had to feel about that. I felt awful. I had the most stressful last two weeks and I needed it more than ever. And part of me was just needed. I needed to communicate that. I needed to open my mouth and go, "Mm, I need you. I need you. So what made you not do it? You know, that's a good question. I just didn't. I felt that I was at work and I had to do work and it had nothing to do with my sexuality, but it did have to do with my peace. Was there any in there that was like, I don't deserve to be listened to, or I'm less than nothing like that for you? Because you have to understand that that is my trauma. So if I am off with somebody, I'm immediately... They don't really love me. This is not really a thing. I suck. I go down shame spirals really fast. So I'm very happy to hear that that was not in your repertoire of the bad places. Not this time. It probably was previously, but this time was mostly of, I just need to work through my work shit. I don't need my work shit in my bedroom. But the reality (laughs) is... But you didn't communicate that, did you? But I didn't, no. I needed to work through my work shit, but I needed to have a more level-headed. And so I needed my connection. I needed my peace because that was my my sanctuary, basically. And then I got it this weekend. And, you know, I've been walking around with pressure on my left side of my head for a week and a half. And then I plugged in and that pressure is gone. So that's where my stress sits. And I feel more happy today. I mean, today I'm more light and more free. And it's because I got to plug in and I got to relax a little. Connect and reconnect with your partner and even myself because I also didn't have sex in the last couple weeks I didn't masturbate it allowed me to have that release that I really needed to have um, yeah. in my body too because we, we store a lot of energy but you know that more than I do <laughs> uh, yeah so what you're talking about is definitely it's somatic Um, And that is your body's reaction. And I know that you and I have had discussions before, but basically your body, your physicalness, your energy in your body is also a warning system that people need to connect with what they're going through emotionally, because that will be your first warning sign that can save you precious seconds in anything. If you realize maybe you're having a very hard conversation with your partner and your stomach hurts, or maybe it's somebody that you're trying to date and your chest is tight or your throat is tight. Your body is telling you something's not right. I need you to pay attention. And often when we miss those somatic feelings, we go into our limbic system, which is our fight, flight, freeze, or fun. So it's very important to listen to your body and also to recognize that that's a warning sign. Could be a warning sign for a good thing too. If you have this like intense moment with your partner and you have, maybe you have this tightness across your throat, that could be construed as a good thing for you too. It's you knowing your body and your body's responses and what that is emotionally linked to. What is that mentally linked to? So we were talking about a gal that you know that got into a a situation the other night with this guy who didn't 
there was no consent. There was no talk. It was like a first date or whatever, maybe a second date. And he immediately goes in and places his hands on her throat to make out with her. And that panicked her because there was no consent and no conversation. And what did he do? His initial thing was, well, my ex used to let me do that. Or my ex liked that. And then shamed her. And that's, that's not okay. No, you know, and she, she has every right and ability to be able to say, absolutely not. Get the fuck out of my car or I'm getting the fuck out and we're, we're done. But I think so often we all have these, these traumas where we want to fit in and we want to just write this off as this one-off experience. And your body is every time you're around them from then on, I guarantee you her shoulders are going to be tight or her stomach's going to hurt or she's going to be anxious or her palms are going to sweat. All of those signs are somatic signs that we have to start bringing in not only to our bedrooms, but into our personal lives as well. And so having communications in and around sex is, is no easier than having communication in any other area of your life. Unfortunately, you have to be, I will say brave enough to really be vulnerable with your communication and really spend the time for yourself and communicate your needs. Because again, our partners are not mind readers, right? They might think that they're doing something totally right in the middle of the scene. You're inside your, your body's on fire and you're upset and you're not saying anything. And that might not look like that on the outside to them. That might look like ecstasy. That might look like I'm into it. And inside you're like, no, 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 no. That's exactly what happened to me the other night. My partner was like, it looked like it was a little much. And I had that feeling, but you didn't say anything. Right. 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 Yeah. So I fucked through it and I didn't have to. Now that's not their fault. That's on me. We had communication after that. I was like, when it is that thing where you had this, your body, your gut said, this might be too much for you. What I would like you to do going forward is stop and ask me, check in. My previous partner were, it was very scene like in the BDSM, right? So it might've been like, I'm going to get tied up and do this to you. But it was always this communication of this is what's going to happen to you right now. And then there was a check-in and then we would go on to something else. And then there was a check-in. Well, my partner now, it's not that type of way. It kind of rolls from one thing into the other. So there's not that idea or moment of aftercare, smoothing over the spot that you just hit and then checking in. This is something that's a live action scene that just keeps going, you know, which can quickly become a fucking train wreck. Right. Right. You just got to watch it because it's a train wreck. So we had that conversation and we have that communication and it's look, yeah, that was a lot for me. And yes, I should have definitely think, I think that would have been the first time I ever used my safe word. I just need you to start checking in with me so that it goes into my brain as that this is an okay thing for you to say. Sometimes when you get in that subspace and you've got your dom, you don't feel like you're safe to say something. And not, I'm not blaming it on the dom. I'm just saying like you're, you're in a subspace. And sometimes when you're in a subspace, you don't have the wherewithal or you don't think that you have the right or permission rather, I guess, to say something, right? Right. Uh, That's how I am anyway. So I asked him when we're doing this harder stuff, I need you to take a couple seconds because I go nonverbal. I need you to take a couple seconds, bring me out of it, check in. And then that will start to train me in my head to go, oh, I need to check in just because I have a safe word and I know what it is doesn't mean that I am always going to be able 
to feel like I'm okay to say that. And I, in, in my experience, what I, with that exact same thing is I have stayed in a situation longer than I should have because I didn't want to disrupt the flow. I didn't have the confidence to tell my partner, I'm not liking this at all. Okay. Here's a good example. I love doggy. I freaking think doggy is an amazing position and everybody should get into the habit of doing doggy at least once during sex <laughs> each session, because it's just, it's primal. You're not looking at your partner, your partner's in their own head and it's literally their needs and your needs totally separate. It's my opinion about doggy and it feels fucking phenomenal. But if the dick is too big, <laughs> the penis oh, yeah. that's inside of me is too big. It hits me in the wrong spot and it hurts. Like somebody's punching me in my kidneys. Oh God, for sure. And it hurts. And I will not tell my partner or I have not told my partner in the past, don't do that because it hurts. Or can I move a little or let's shift me a little to make it better for me. Instead, I'll be like, just fucking get it over with. You know, you're just looking through it. I fucked through it. And it has hurt my body physically because I have taken it to the point where, oh, I don't want to do doggy. Now I freaking love doggy because it allows me to feel my body in so many, many ways, right? all about me. It's in my head. It's about me. It's almost like blindfolding me, you know, is also that gives me the same thrill as well. Yeah. We've heard how much I love blindfolding, (laughs) but I I totally appreciate what you're saying. And you're right. And so that's, that's the thing. I think that people, I love how you put that. We fuck through it. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad, but our partners should know Or should maybe take the time and go, let me check in real quick. Are we good? We're not good. No. Yes. And I part of the conversation, right? Because he would never have known that I'm just so clearly there was something there that gave him pause. Not enough to stop. But something was telling him something was telling him. But again, I was not in a, a mental I did not have the mental faculty and also quite literally the physical ability because my head was so far down and it was in my chest. The motion was so aggressive that I couldn't even barely breathe, let alone speak. And so, yeah, there you go. You fuck through it. And so how am I going to honor myself better? I don't blame him for this happening. We both have a responsibility in that. If you feel partner that you should have checked in, then you should check in. Right. And then me, Jenna, if you start to feel something, you need to do something to get yourself out of it because the emotional and the physical and, and the mental fallout on the back end can be irrevocable at times. Sometimes it damages you for life and you've done this whole other thing because we were too scared to just be honest with our partners. And isn't that part of what makes sex so much better is communicating our needs and right. having our ultimate experiences happen. But all of that takes conversation. I think that's fabulous that what you're saying, because it does take that communication with our partners. I would love to see if we could talk about some tips and tricks, because I think if we do give some guidance to, to people, maybe they can feel more confident to go talk to the partners in bed. Like for example, I have a friend that shared with me that they are in the process of going to talk to their, their partner about being open to direction in the bedroom. Uh, He enjoys the experience with her, but lately she's not open to direction and she blames it on past dialogues that had happened in the bedroom. And so he's looking for a way to have that conversation. That's a little stronger. Any suggestions on how 
he should address that? Well, I mean, if she's if she's communicating with him, I don't know that I have any good tips or tricks for this specific scenario. If she has suffered at the hands of others prior and it was around this specific thing that is a thing for him, you know, it's it's just gentle understanding and support and communication. Again, just a lot of conversation. Maybe he can start with something because she doesn't feel safe. Clearly, if she keeps shutting it down, something has happened where she's not safe. And so that's just a hard no. Him just showing up vulnerably and saying, not making it about him. You have a partner. Everybody has, maybe you have multiple and everybody's different. I could suggest that he, in a non-sexual setting, hey, this is this thing. And I keep feeling like when I want to talk to you about it, you shut down. I would really like to know what actually happened to you, if you would be willing to share with me, it's about building trust, right? Right. So if he cannot do it in the moment of sex, because that's where the pressures come for her, that's where her trauma is. And she's not going to trust you. You're going to be just like every Tom, Dick and Harry Jane Seymour or whatever out there. But if you can take the time to have these vulnerable conversations outside of a sexual setting and seriously attune to your partner. So there's several things when you're having communication with your partner, dialogue with your partner, it is super important to shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. It is such a people pleasing thing. Anytime any of our people are hurting, we want to rush in and we want to verbally vomit all over them. And here's a solution. And here's a, you're not doing anything, but shutting that person down. That's an overwhelming sensation. I'm here being vulnerable and I'm trying to share with you. And all you're doing is shitting all over everything I have with 19 fucking suggestions that I've already probably thought about 20,000 fucking times. Can you just shut the fuck up and listen to me? And so that's what I teach. You shut the fuck up. I love it. You understand that they have something to share. I would encourage because this is something I have to do. I have to bring a notebook. I want to write questions down because my brain and you have experienced this so much with me where if I don't say it right now, I will forget about it. And that makes me panicked. But then I'm panicking about not asking this question. And I'm really, am I really listening and attuning to my partner in that moment? I'm not really there. I'm still paying attention to myself. So shut the fuck up. Right. Be there for your partner. Understand your partner is explaining something to you to try and build trust, to try and make this a better thing for both of you, to add another level of intimacy with you. Bring a, a notebook. So if you have a, something that's really important, write it down. But they get to have the entire conversation unless it is something where you come to something that they've said and you don't understand what they're saying, you can ask for a pause and say, I need clarification. I heard this from you. So whatever they have said that you have a question about, you reiterate in your own words. And that way they can go, yeah, you totally get it. Or, oh God, no, I didn't mean to do that. So by you reiterating in your own words, they actually trust and believe and can see that you are listening, you are processing, and this is how that hit your brain. I have a a very good girlfriend and actually my boyfriend and I are mirrors. So we can be talking about the same thing and it's not fucking landing because we don't we're just opposite. We're so opposite. So it takes us a second. And my female best friend that does this is like, okay, hold on. This is what I'm hearing for you. Is this what you meant? And I'll go, oh my God, hell no, that's not what I meant. (laughs) Oh shit. But I can see how you thought that because she's so mirrored to me. 
Same thing with like fights. You guys can both be fighting for the same fucking thing, but because your mirrors and your communication isn't there, you're just going to be a fight. You're not going to come out feeling any better. So it's very important to attune to your partner, to very much listen to what they're saying. And then also, you know, you need to ask in the beginning before the conversation, while you're having this safe space for them to be vulnerable with you, are, am I listening to listen or am I listening for solutions? Because again, then that gives you as the listener, the responsibility level. So I always want to fix stuff because of my people pleasing trauma. And so that's where I'm like all ready for solutions, but maybe they just needed to talk about it. So if I insert all my solutions, because it's something that I need to do, because that's my trauma, I've just completely negated everything that they've needed. Right. Wow. That's awesome. so taking that time to seriously communicate before the actual communication. What are you looking for from me today? How can I attune to you best in this moment? So with him, you know, not having it be anything related, even a little bit to sex, but I don't have to do this with you. It is a kink of mine because then he is being honest and communicative, but I would really like to hear from you. What about this is triggering or is there something that I can do to help heal around this? When we go in with that want and need to just support our partner, it lands so much better. But if you're in the middle of a scene or a middle of a conversation or sex or whatever, and you start doing the thing that traumatizes them and they shut down, well, what the fuck? Of course. So shut the fuck up. Let them say the whole thing. Find out whether or not you're listening to hear or you're listening for solutions. And then even that, anytime that you are reiterating, we have the shitty way of saying you do this and you do that which is immediately awful feeling for the person that you're saying that to. And I don't care if it's the best of intentions. It makes you defensive when you have somebody tell you, you do this and you do that. So just a short little diffuser is I feel like when this happens, A, B, C, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not you do this and this is what you do when I see you do this. It is the soft, nonviolent communication of, hey, (laughs) this is what I hear from you. And this is how I feel like this might be hitting you. It's all about building trust and intimacy, which correlates wonderfully in the bedroom. What wouldn't I do with a partner that I trusted? You know, what haven't I done with a partner that I trusted versus one that I'm like, oh no, fuck that person. (laughs) They have no care about my safety. They have no care about my needs, wants, desires. I am here because they want to fuck me. That's gross. That's nothing anybody should have to go through or need to go through. Those are all, those are so amazing because I have to tell you, I have taken it on myself that if you're not willing to listen to me in the bedroom, I don't need you in my bedroom. And that's perfect. And, but it's taken me a while to get there, to get to this point to where I can have this conversation with my current lover. He's really good at going, all right, we need to talk because you're off here. It's not going to be a sex day. We're going to plug in because you're off because there's something I'm feeling weird about this. He's done this to me quite a few times and it, it does, takes me back sometimes because I'm not used to somebody taking the time to tell me what they're feeling about me. See, and I like that he does that, but here's my I feel sentence. Yes. I love that he shows up for you in that way. And he really is honest and vulnerable and says, here's this thing that I'm noticing. Right. But the way that you just said it to me and the way that he said it to you, and maybe this is not true in this scenario, but it's like, 
there's something off you're doing this right well if you are doing this and something is off you're immediately going to feel like shit but my point is just a couple of words in there Mm -hmm. for somebody else that doesn't compartmentalize the way that you do for him i would have said like if i was coming to you i would say hey sweetheart i just feel i feel like maybe we're off right now i wanted to check in with you and see if you are feeling that way or if this is just me in my head because it can definitely be that too right just because we have a thought doesn't make it fucking real does everybody not understand that thoughts are thoughts everybody has one they're like assholes Everybody has one does not make them real. Assholes are real. So, you know, it's, it's just that gentle communication style where we get in that. It's just how, it's how we've always communicated, but there's just such a better way to say things that lands better. Right. Right. Then the standard hi ho hi ho it's off to work we go communication you know we we deserve better communication from our partners from our friends from our family and they deserve the same from us so that's what i would say with that that's a very valid point in the fact of how we also transmit it to our friends i used to bring a lot of my dialogues between partners to my sister and we would sit and talk now of course when i'm telling her she's getting it secondhand Like you just said, this is what I hear from you, whether he's transmitting it that way. And I want to interject this because I think it's important. Our family loves us and they want to protect us and they want to love us. And that means that if you say something negative about your partner to your loved ones, they're immediately going to get protective. I'm so glad you said this. And it bothers me sometimes when later, when I come back and tell him something exciting about my partner, oh, look what he did to me. They're like, oh yeah, this time. And then they start feeding into that negative because that's how they feel. It bothers me because I know I did some of that. I brought them that part. And so I'm now I'm very cautious, not selective, but I'm cautious about how I bring my lovers to my family. I do go to them when I need love and support. And maybe you need to think about this, Sarah, this doesn't sound right as a sounding board, but at the same time, I also am very protective of my lover. I want him to not be negative in my family's eyes, but my lover does that anyways on his own. I think that that's so important that you just brought that up. And even in what you were just saying, so we're taking it outside the bedroom and we're talking from you to your sister. And so two things that you said, when you said the negative, right? And then you said the positive, like you'd come back with positive. I want people to be very clear about this. When we are going to a sounding board for our mental sanity, for our support, it is super important to communicate effectively. If all you are communicating to the soundboard to your sister, and I'm not saying that you are, I'm just as an example. If every time you go to somebody about person B, you tell person A, person B is an asshole. Person B upset me. Person B overrode what was best for me. Person B, that's all they're going to know about that person. They're going to think that he is the biggest, they, he, she, they are the biggest pile of shit because all you have ever communicated is the pile of shit, not the rest of it. So it's very important when you're communicating to say, I'm struggling with this right now. Also then go in and give your partner or whoever you're struggling with. However, I know we'll come out of this. I trust them. They are good to me. Add some good stuff that they do. Like 
my sister had a boyfriend for years and I hated that motherfucker because everything I heard was shitty. And then we had this moment where we all had to combine forces and him and I actually got to know each other. Turns out his opinion of me was the same thing because all my sister likes to relate is how shitty everybody is (laughs) instead of any of the wonderful, nice things that people do too. I was like, this is your fault. My opinion of him is your fault because that's all you've ever communicated. I didn't know that he did X, Y through Z of all these amazing things for you. This has caused a rift between him and I for four years. I wish I could have been supportive for you and your relationship with him. Right. Because of the way that you communicated to me, I was like, dump the motherfucker. He's a piece of shit. Nope. Turns out my sister sucks at communicating, (laughs) right? So it's really, really important that we do that even, and I know it's so hard people, we are emotional creatures. And when we are down and we are struggling and we're feeling like dirt and we're shamed and all the things, it is really hard to do this, but what's not hard to do is get through that part and say it, but then come back. You can come back The conversation is never done. You can always go back to that person and say, thank you so much for being there for me the other day. I know it was heavy. I'm feeling some guilt about what I've said. And I do want to make it clear that my partner does do ABC. Or even come back and say, thank you so much for your input the other day. And guess what happened? I yes. went back with the input. This is what our dialogue was. And yes. this is how we came together. Give them the conclusion so that they know there was a ah, chef's kiss on that one. Give them the conclusion. I love, oh, I'm stealing that. Yes, exactly that. You have to let them know. They, you do. You have to. I would use everybody in my family as a sounding board. I never went to my partner. And then when I went to my partner, it, it was because I took all of them with me in my ear or my head and uh-huh. they were all, he's bad, he's bad. And then it's like, so what do I look at my partner? He's bad. The lover I have now, I don't go to very many people about, not because of that, not because of it, he he does things. I go to him and I sit down with him and I love, you have taught me because I have walked into the situation going, I want to work through this. I don't want to shove it down, hide it, fight it. I want to work through it. And so I do take these tips to heart. And that's why I think it's important that People hear it. And I've said this to you many times. This is not going to be the only conversation about communication. No. But we're going to talk about it on so many levels. (laughs) Well, let's bring it back to your friend too. So not only with that, and I'm I'm grateful that you're putting that that plot point in of like future communications because it doesn't matter what aspect in our lives, communication is the thing. (laughs) It should be the thing. And everybody. Who, who doesn't want to get better at something? Why not practice it at home? Absolutely. I mean, again, all of those tips that I just said have nothing to do with sex. It has to do with communicating and getting your thoughts heard, truly heard, and building another level of intimacy, another level of trust. Or, you know, I can work the opposite too, where if you try and have this communication with somebody and they continuously do not support you, then that's your cue to go, nope, maybe I'm done. You know, I I can't, we we can't, we're not going to communicate well. Uh, I don't have time for this. This is a boundary thing for me. And then that's your cue to, to leave. But all of those things, I would say for him, you know, he really needs to pay attention 
not knowing these people and not having any experience with them at all. He needs to really pay attention to her body. He needs to pay attention to her face. He needs to pay attention to her posture, her breathing, all of those things, because if he is going to ask her to be vulnerable, his responsibility is to not rush ahead and insist that this conversation goes one way or another. He might have 20 conversations about this one thing. Right. Before she trusts him enough to maybe give it a go. And he might have 30 conversations and she could go, no, I said no. And then that's when you start talking about other things, you know, needs met. Dan Savage always talks about it all the time. If you can come up with an alternative relationship in your primary relationship is okay with that and everything's above board, then there you go. Maybe that's your outlet for him getting to be bossy with somebody. (laughs) But it needs to, he needs to also be honest with himself and delve down and see if that's a deal breaker for him. If it's a deal breaker for him and no matter what they try, it's not something that she can overcome. First of all, tough shit for you, buddy. Like I don't have, you know what I mean? And it doesn't sound like he's a dick, but I'm just saying we don't get what we want all the time, right? It would be nice to think that we did. But what's nice about it is that he knows that this is a conversation because he wants to have a relationship that fulfills him mentally, sexually, and physically. He has all these little guidelines. And one of the things he's even worked on is if I can't communicate about my desires, then it's not fair to me. And I love that about him. I do love that. And I love the fact that he realizes, okay, it is about me and I love you and I want to be with you, but I want you to know where where I'm coming from. And if you have an issue here, I don't want to push you, make you feel uncomfortable, but I want to have this conversation with you. I love the fact that you mentioned taking it out of the bedroom, having this conversation maybe in the living room or away from your sanctuary. Yeah. I think that's amazing because to me, I had, I wouldn't have thought about that because here I go and connect in the bedroom. That's my best communication. We go plug in. Yeah, you know, that's great. I hadn't thought about that. Take it outside of that sanctuary or that space that you guys are vulnerable. I just think that it's that want and need and desire to connect with your partner, right? I, I'm not going to know the best thing for them because I'm not them and I'm not him and I'm not her. And I have my own, none of that is me, but you know, your partners and you can be creative and you can think outside of the box just because we've all been taught that this is how you communicate doesn't mean that that is an effective form of communication. So if he knows that she is super relaxed while getting a massage, maybe he could be sitting in the living room with her and giving her a massage while he's talking to her. It's anything like that. Any little thing that makes it an easier conversation and to make them feel more safe and secure and vulnerable. Some people, and I'm not going to lie, I've had clients that when they are in an emotional conversation, which we don't ever want to do, but when they're in communication, they actually sit back to back. So fascinating. And they talk back to back because they're both so sensitive around lack of facial emotion or lack of anything. That when they take it away, that's that sensory deprivation that we've talked about in other areas of sex. Right. Then they're not hyper-focused on, I just said this really vulnerable thing and they just blinked at me. 
Right. You know, right. and it's done wonders. It's coming up with what the fuck is right for you. Like for me, I would, I, I think I do have a partner where I might be better off, like turned around, just dawned on me. I might be better off not looking at them because they don't give me those emotional cues. And then that sends me spiraling. And then I'm thinking about how I just told them these things. And they just blinked to me. They didn't say shit to me. And there's no emotion. And I don't know if it landed. Now, if I just turned away, here's a perfect example. I sing. When I was in a band, when I sing, I faced the crowd, but my eyes were closed the whole time. Jim Larson did that. It's a sensory thing. So what is communication? Communication is doing whatever the fuck works for you and your partner. And the ultimate goal for anything in communication is to be heard and validated. You're right. I agree wholeheartedly. One of the things that I've learned from you, and we've been diving into books so that we bring more up-to-date knowledge to you guys, our listeners. And one of the things that I appreciate is that everybody has a point of view on effective listening or communicating. It's either you got to be a good, effective listener in order to be a good communicator, or you got to be an effective speaker in order to be a good... Everybody has a thing. What I loved about what you just said is the fact that everybody's different and you got to figure out your method to be a good communicator. I love that. That really just made my heart just swell. That makes me happy. I mean, that's the hardest thing for me because I have the trauma that I do. I want to control everything. Perfectionism is a sign of trauma. I want everything to be perfect. So I struggle with that and with my clients sometimes because I want them to have this excellent, excellent experience with me because I need them to go out and be better healed humans. But at the end of the day, that's not what my goal should be is, did this go well? How do you feel? Is there something better that we can do? How can we make this land better for you? The hardest thing for me ever, and I have to swallow it every time. There's no right or wrong answer. Good point. There's no oh, right or wrong answer. Really? I know. Yeah, it sucks. It fucking sucks. It's, I struggle with that I'm all the time. Up my, I'm not giving up my shirt that says I'm the, I know it all. <laughs> you don't have to. Not, just not. Mm-hmm. You're just not actually entirely correct, but within the shirt, you're fine. So, you know, it's just, I think it's just that even just being vulnerable and open to coming to their partner and saying, I, I really see that you're struggling and letting them know that you have no expectation of this actually happening, right. but that I'm here to listen to you and to show up and to attune with you. That could lead to a whole bunch of other different crazy shit that you never thought you were going to be able to do. Well, you know? and I agree. What made me feel more authentic was the fact that I started to communicate my needs, wants, and desires. Yeah. When I was able to be a communicator of my needs, wants, and desires, I became more confident in who I am and more confident in my relationships. So I know this is a key factor in being more authentic because I don't want to be you and I don't want you to be me. I want to be me. I want to be this wonderful person in this body. I want to help people. I'm a people pleaser. But at the same time, I'm a great, fabulous, funny person that just likes to let her hair down and just have a beer with somebody and talk about sex or talk about absolutely movies or, you know, like that's who I am. One of my lovers that I had absolutely loved the fact that when we first met, we sat for four and a half hours and talked about everything under the sun. Yeah. 
everything from sadist dialogue to secret societies to movies to gun control. <laughs> that is a well-rounded meal right there. Right there. And then all the way to what our desires were in life. That when you feel that you are heard and when you feel that you have been validated, it's just such a transformative thing. I think most of us walk around this world really not feeling seen or heard, validated. The quickest way to fuck things up between me and a partner is if I feel like I am trying to be supportive. And did you notice I said, I feel like I am trying to be? Yes. Because that's my opinion. (laughs) Doesn't make it true for them. And they shut down and I'm like, oh, fucking great. It's, it makes me insecure. I I hate it. I feel lost. I I want, I have compersion. I want to support them. I want to revel in their happiness. And sometimes it's hard for our partners to see in those moments because of communication, when you just slap somebody down that is also trying to be supportive by just a blunt slap down, like, I don't want to talk about this right now, blah, blah, blah. You've just done damage the person that's trying to be supportive right and they're trying to be supportive for you and then now you're just teaching me like pavlov's dogs that i just shut the fuck up stay in my lane and don't fucking ask yeah and let me tell you that'll end a relationship with me every fucking time because if i i have to work really hard not to run per se when somebody what do you mean there's that word words of intention I work really hard when somebody says, and it doesn't have to be in with my lovers. I mean, just with coworkers. I had a manager the other day at my job. I work with many different managers from many different businesses as part of my nine to five job. And I had a manager say something to me that shut me down. And my first instinct was to go, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. I can't fix this. I don't want to deal with you. I don't want to work with you. But then I get to the car and I check myself and going, can't do that. It's your job to work with these people just because they're a dick in the moment doesn't mean that you could be a bitch back. So I had to check myself and then I checked back in later and I said, okay, I understand this is what you were feeling, but this can I explain what I need to happen for my client, you know? And how beautiful is that? And It was great, but my first instinct was to run. I walked out of the building. I didn't want to deal with it. I don't have to deal with you. Yeah. Yeah. But I think so with even when within that words of intention to me is very huge to me. So when we start using dialogue and we use one word that covers a myriad of issues, which that can be very, very confusing for our partners. So let's say that you guys were feeling detached and you use i'm running away for not only your mental and emotional shutdown but for everything else and you use it for every situation if i am telling my partner i'm running away because i do use that term a lot too or i'm shutting down they immediately associate that with probably what they're going through in their head has right. nothing to do with where I'm at. I might be shutting down because I'm overwhelmed because I've had something emotional happen to me, or I broke through another trauma, or I'm supporting people and it's a heavy time for me right now. But if I use that term and I use it for every single different type of thing that I go through and they're in their head about us, maybe they're having an off day or we're feeling off immediately. They're going to take it like, oh, she's running away from me. We need to be more specific. That was what I was saying is that we have these feelings and everybody's like happy, mad, sad. No, 
no people. We have elated. We have overwhelmed. We have exhausted. We have insert word here, whatever that is. It is our jobs to not just compartmentalize all these different emotions into happy, sad, angry. There's so many things. Um, And so if you constantly are doing that, you've given this thin sliver of information about yourself to your partner. And you're like, here, now take care of me with this pinprick size information because it covers all this stuff. And it doesn't cover all that stuff. But you have to start trying to use your words and communication. So when this happened to you with your manager the other day and you shut down, where did you feel it in your body? God, my gut. And then I was angry. So my spine were you, were you angry? Yeah, Is that would, what you were? Or were there more words in there that you can think about for a um, second? I was angry. I was overwhelmed. I was, there you go. I was, were you feeling insecure about your abilities? No, I was angry. He had undermined me and basically tried to treat me like a little girl. Okay. You know, like, you don't need to know that it's like, we don't need you. You don't need to know that. Well, you don't get to tell me what I need. I'm here to tell you what you need to do for this person. So So righteous. Yeah. So there you go. Righteous is another word. And the other word that came to mind was dismissed, diminished, dismissed. Uh Uh-huh. And I see how all those words were there. You just tried to tell me angry. Yeah. But that's and what all I was those thinking. things are in there. That's fine. That's the base. Those that's like it's like the color wheel, right, right. babe? It's like here's your that's color red. wheel, but all of the other colors. <laughs> so it's it, I get it. We're taught yeah. the color wheel of emotion, but what I'm this is what we're talking about. This is part of the communication <laughs> is finding the other words, and maybe you can't in that moment, and that's fine. But you went out, you checked yourself, and then you check back in once you identify those emotions. So it's those are the words that you use. Again, when you are trying to communicate with somebody and you're being vulnerable, it's so hard because we all want that penultimate beautiful outcome, even in the best times with, a, with no. as many words and feelings as we can, it's not going to land, but here you go. We put it under anger. You went out and you're like, Oh, I don't, this is how I felt. Like I felt like he was dismissing me and it, like, I didn't know what I was talking about. And so there's that righteousness, not self-righteousness, but righteousness, all these other things, which have all these other meanings, which if you can do that for yourself while you're giving yourself that break, you have so much more at your disposal to communicate when you come back. That's true. You're very true because I even went to my client and explained the situation because they were there and they watched this and they were hurt and they felt dismissed and they felt unwanted. They weren't angry because they didn't know to be angry. What they were was disappointed. They were trying to do something good. Then this happened. And so I went to them. I'm like, we may not get the conclusion that we want. And the conclusion we wanted was an apology that the behavior that we received was wrong and we deserved an apology. I told him, I said, we may not get that. So what we're going to do is be the better person. We're going to apologize to ourselves that we did right and that we're going to move on. So I would challenge you to change that the next time. And I don't mean to be nitpicky. No, that's fine. I appreciate it. I don't want you to say the apology. I want to say we are going to give our self-love around what just happened. That disappointment is okay. And communication was not effective. 
communication did not happen. And it's amazing how just taking those couple minutes of self-love and you're not making promises. Here's the deal. You've already survived whatever that was. You already know because you're having this moment. There are going to be times that we need to sit in disappointment and feel those emotions. But right now we are going to give ourselves the love that we needed in that moment of trauma. And whatever that looks like. So I do this all the time with clients where trauma releases. So I have my client show up today as they're talking to me and insert themselves in whatever trauma we're going to talk about. Right. So they are there with what I call their little. Now, their little could have been seven year old Sarah, Mm -hmm. could be 10 year old Sarah, could be 30 year old Sarah, could be five minutes ago, Sarah. Right. Your little is your past self. So in that moment, your client's little was them 10, five minutes ago. And all they, the reason that that was hurtful was because they didn't feel heard and validated in that communication. So the most important thing is exactly what you did. You did so beautifully with your support of them, with how you explain that. I would just urge you to change just a couple words because I don't want them to feel like they have to apologize to themselves. That's for somebody else to do. Right. I want you to have them show up and go, you know what, person, I see how stressful that was for you. I'm so sorry that you didn't feel like you were heard. Or I, I see that you felt like you were diminished or that you were dismissed. I'm so sorry. That is very hurtful. I'm here. I love you. And whatever you can visually do. I always pull my little, which again, could be five minute old Jenna, five minutes ago, Jenna, Uh pull them into me and I will give them a hug. And I just validate the feelings that were present that made it feel shitty. You don't do that shit where you're like, you'll go get them next time. No, I want you to go back within that one moment and say, I see you and I hear you because you already know being that you're the one that just experienced it, what you were missing. And all we need is for someone to fucking listen and validate. So for your friend, here you go, your friend and the person, all he needs to do is listen and validate. I hear you. I can totally understand how that would have been scary for you. I can see how you felt diminished. I can see how you felt like you had no control and how scary that must have been. You start being honest and vulnerable and really authentically showing up for your person and attuning to them and not having any expectation or agenda. Uh It's fucking amazing. And it sounds like he's already on that path because he already wants to know. And I think that's a beautiful thing. We could all do better by showing up like that. I agree. That solution is amazing because I can see with my young friend that went through this experience with the manager with me, we had that communication. And even now she comes to me and she goes, using some of the words that I used with her, she goes, okay, I'm going to do this. Once she's been heard, now she validates her own self. Not all the way, not quite to the level that you just said, but she used used it as a growth moment and that overrode all the negativity. I'm there for her. You're her advocate. Yeah. And she validated me actually by saying that later. And I was so happy because that's resolved. And we're both over that person because we didn't let that person take something from us. That's what I feel. I didn't let him control who I am. And I didn't let him see another part of me that I, that isn't me. I didn't get angry and throw a tantrum and 
and yeah, all the things that, you know, we want to do. And I just think there's so much to be said about that trauma healing around those things. It might not be a one-time scenario where you go back and talk to little Jenna or little Sarah. It might take, I've had traumas that were massively catastrophic in my life and it was a one and done scenario. And I was like, wait, what? Like, how the fuck did that work for me? That was horrible in my life, you know? And then I have these little aggravations that it takes me two, three, maybe 10 times of going back and sitting in that moment and going and validating and hearing myself for it to truly connect. Could be a related thing where it feels like it's a reoccurring thing. So that one time isn't going to cut it for me. But what that super promotes is self-esteem and self-love. And when you have those two things, you are better able to communicate. You are better able to have boundaries, to hold boundaries. And there's no downside for that. Other than maybe there are people in your lives that disappear. And let me tell you, if the people that disappear in your lives disappear because you have boundaries and that's a better way to tell people how to love you, get the fuck out. Sayonara. They are not there for you. If your boundaries trigger them in any way, it's not okay. So it's important for people to know that's a thing. Now, when I do my introspectives and I love the fact you bring this up, I bring little Sarah over and I sit down or it might be, and I like how you said five minutes ago, Sarah, I hadn't thought about the fact that's what I was doing. I'm bringing that person over and sitting down with them and saying, all right, what did we, what do we need to do? Yeah. What, what can we do? How do we grow? It was brought up to me recently because our episode on jealousy was yeah. really profound to them, not because of the information. They said it was very well done, which is still my favorite episode until this one. But they didn't realize that I had those feelings. They said, Sarah, you do not come off like a jealous person. Huh? I didn't know you had that. And it's because I really worked on those feelings previously, like those mm-hmm. That's my feeling. Nobody has a right to that feeling but myself. If I'm going to have it from our conversation, I learned that it is okay to share it and it's okay to work through it because it's a trigger that something isn't right. And that would be something that I need to look at or something is right. And I need to honor it that maybe I'm using that as a trigger to walk away from that situation. To not well. communicate. Not communicate. Ah, ah, damn it. Right. So this is... This is why when they told me this, because I wasn't communicating my internal dialogue, Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to them and going, hey, I'm jealous when you said this, or I had compersion when you told me this, which I did. This person came into my life totally as a one-off type of situation and became a very dear friend. And then I learned something about them that also helped me learn about compersion, which I cannot wait do we talk about conversion? That is going to be a couple episodes, I'm sure, because that sure. is a wonderful word to really dive into. And we'll explain later. Do go to our website and check out our wonderful definitions you put up. I would love for people to read that list and also submit some other language in there. We're, it's going to be a constantly evolving thing. Right now, it's all in alphabetical because <laughs> it's just easier. <laughs> Not that later I won't OCD out and totally make them grouped together and how they relate to each other. <laughs> but for now, yeah, I think it'd be great if people, and if people think that my, you know, what I've written on there is incorrect or have more information, I am not perfect. I do not know everything. We do not know everything. So I just want to let everybody know that we are open yes. to more input. 
Yes, please email us. Email us at orgasmicterrorist at gmail.com until I get the other one up and running. <laughs> That's the one that works for sure. When he had shared that to me, I was like, wow, I didn't. I never did with him. But here I, with my lover, I'm very jealous or, or have shared jealous moments with him was because I'm more open to our dialogue. That communication between us is solid. And I feel that because we can communicate and we don't judge each other. And I don't feel judged by communicating with him. It's a different relationship that I had with this other person. I didn't feel it was a safe space to communicate about my feelings. Sure. I didn't feel. So that's why he never felt that. And I thought that was interesting when he brought it up to me. I do adore this man immensely and I value his information. And for him to share that with me made me go, hmm, yeah, you're right. I didn't. And I wasn't jealous with him. I actually had learned a lot about compersion with him. And see, look at that. So him communicating to you made you go back and have this whole other growth moment. And that's a beautiful thing, right? It's something that you didn't have thoughts or feelings or opinions of, or at least it wasn't maybe in your forefront of your brain to even have that. I am a big verbal vomiter. Like I, I don't really have a filter. I pretty much put myself out there to be vulnerably used, abused, or loved. <laughs> and, I, and I need to do better on my boundaries because I would like to minimize the used and abused, which I think I've done a wonderful job. But to me, I'm not scared necessarily to communicate. Sometimes in my personal relationships, in my romantic relationships, I am because nobody wants to lose a partner. Right. You no, know? especially if you're in love and all this stuff. But I or think friendship. overall, if I don't communicate and I shut down, it gets so much worse. It just gets so much worse. But there's still that ideology of make yourself little. They should just know our partner should do this for me. If they love me this, oh. if I was better at this blah. And that's just like, fuck's sake, give yourself a break. Let's not shame spiral. Shame spiral is horrible. But if I love how you start- said that. They should just know, make yourself little. That's exactly what has gone through my head with my relationship. They should know me. If they love me, they would know me. Yeah. And that's, that's the lie that we tell ourselves all the time. Oh my God, you know? that's so funny. And, and you're right, that it has a lot to do with that. And I didn't communicate it well. Of course I didn't, because I didn't know myself. Here's the deal too, is just because you've communicated something once doesn't mean that that's the end of the conversation. Right. You can go back again. One communication can be one and done, or it can be like, hey, I actually do. Much like you coming back and saying, hey, here's the conclusion of this. Right. If you guys had a conversation... And you felt great about it, but then it inspired other thoughts and ideas and opinions for you. And it gives you this other idea about how to better support you. That's another conversation. That's more communication. That's another way for you to show up in a way and give them the ending of like, hey, thank you. I think it's super important to validate them for their listening skills. Yeah. Thank you for listening to me. I really feel heard. I really feel validated. I truly believe that you were there for me. And by the way, this conversation inspired this thought process and look at these things that I said. And if you're talking for them to hear, you get to say it. And if you're talking for them to like, what do you think about that solutions? What's, what's the harm? Wow. It can just build more amazing, beautiful things. And that's, again, bringing it back to sex, because I think our best intention with this one was to truly, like, in the bedroom. But here's the deal is communication, again, is not just in the bedroom. And, and I challenge anybody that listens to this one to get upset or offended that it's we're talking so much outside of the bedroom. You have to have this fundamental basis 
that you can build on this understanding, this information. And then it doesn't matter what fucking area of your life you're in, you're going to be able to do that. The sex things, I mean, it could be as much as it's very bizarre to me. It depends on whether I'm in a subspace or not. There's times where we're just having sex. And if I've got a toy in and a penis in me and it pinches, I'm like, ow, okay, I don't like that. You know, very easy or, hey, it's pinching or whatever. And I don't fuck through it where clearly I still have moments where I fuck through it. And in the subspace for me, that's a hard part to come out of. So I need to do better with my communication around that, which again is why I was like, Hey, I need you to start checking in because if I hear you asking me to tell you it's okay, I'm going to learn and train myself that it's okay to tell you these things in a subspace. And it doesn't have to be, I know we talk a lot about BDSM and we talk a lot about subs and we talk a lot about poly and we talk about a lot about alternative everything, but this platform does not denigrate monogamy or any other form of anything. We're here for all of it. If you're in a monogamous relationship and you're fucking happy, guess what? We're happy. But communication is part of that and communication and sex during, you know, vanilla sex, if you want to call it that, which kind of seems shitty. I don't like saying that because I don't want people to feel like they're boring because vanilla to me is boring. You can have a very wild sex life and still have other people think it's vanilla, right? Like there's shit that you do, Sarah, that I'm like, oh, I'm super vanilla right now because there's no <laughs> fucking way. And there might be something where I do it where you're like, oh no, I'm vanilla. Uh, and there uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, there has been like looking at your pussy and getting into your stuff. And it's like, it doesn't matter. There's no right or wrong answer. It is just making sure that you're open and honest and attuned and vulnerable with your conversations with your partners. And so it could be something as simple, like we were saying, you don't have, if your partner is doing something that does nothing for you, say something. I'm not saying being a dick about it. That's never going to land well. Nobody wants to be made to feel like you're a piece of shit that can't fuck right. But you could, you could either fuck through it and get it done with and then come back later because maybe it's not the time. Think about it so you're not in an emotional state when you talk about it, but just come back and be like, you know, when we do this thing, I don't really feel like it does anything for me. Could we, here's my thoughts. You need to come to the table with solutions too, people. There has to be solutions. So here's what I think I would like kind of, so then your needs kind of coalesce with my needs. And that would be great because this way that we're doing it for me doesn't do anything. Now you can say, I'm totally fine with continuing to do it with you. Cause you might be yeah, yeah, well, you no, might I'm... Be like, Hey, I don't like this or it doesn't work for me. Or I think I understand what you're trying to do. It's just all conversation. And if you don't go in with an open mind and a want, honest, here we go. Here's my favorite, favorite thing. Okay. Go into everything curious. Oh, okay. When I was in my sex coaching program, my mentor, fabulous lady, just enamored with her, in awe of her. She was so great. She was so supportive and so receptive. But I had this moment where I decided the way that they coached their program was not something that I was going to be able to provide. And I tried to explain myself several times and it just didn't land. And it actually ended up causing her to reach out to me outside of our group and kind of admonish me. I felt belittled. I felt called out. I felt betrayed. I think a little, I felt ashamed. I felt like I didn't have the chops to do what I'm doing now. Really? And I shut down and I just 
really stopped partaking in things. And then it, we only met up one time a month. So it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we'd been off for a while. We were all in our group thread and somebody had asked a question and asked for advice and there was advice. And then I chimed in and she reached out to me about my advice. Now there was another person in the program that was talking about other programs that they were in currently and how that this would be how they would deal with it. Well, my mentor, because I had stated out loud that this is, this program really isn't what I need it to be for me. And the people that you guys are going to service deserve people. This is how I say this deserve people like you. They don't deserve people like me because I am ill-equipped and not able to provide this specific thing for them. I would, you know, refer to you. So she immediately contacted me and she said, I don't feel comfortable with you offering any sort of solutions or advice. (gasps) And I, I will tell you that broke my heart. I was sweaty. My body went on fire. My hands were sweaty. I'm right now. I have goosebumps. Like I am in my stomach. I have tears in my eyes thinking about it because it, it, it hurt me desperately because here's this woman that I idolize and, and all the things. And she just basically told me I'm not it. I'm not enough. I have no rights to speak. She's concerned because this is this program and you're offering these things. And literally every piece of advice that I've given this gal who was again in our group under this mentor was taught to me from the fucking program we were in. Mm. And again, the advice that this other woman was putting on to our group thread was not only advice that we had learned, was also advice from other courses that she had openly talked about. I was just gobsmacked. I completely Um, shut down. I went and immediately, immediately bawling, immediately traumatized, immediately triggered, went and found my husband, showed him the text, was like, I don't understand. What did I do? And he was like, absolutely not. This is not okay. And we had a conversation about it. So we were getting closer to the point of having another three-day session and she'd reached out to me to try and do some repair work, which I love her for. At the time I was just going into surgery and I was like, I I can't have this conversation right now. I need to focus on my mental health. And I feel like any kind of conversation that we have right now is going to not do me good. And with me going into a major surgery, I don't need this type of energy around me. She said, I totally understand. I support that. Please reach out to me when you're ready. So I had my boundaries in place. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then I reached out to another gal that also was in my group and we became quite close. And I was like, I'm really struggling here. She wants me to talk and I am, I am feeling less than I'm feeling insecure because here's this mentor that just told me I was basically not cut out for it and that I shouldn't have any voice. But again, this was that, what is the story that I'm telling myself in my head? What is the story she's telling herself in her head? And then there's somewhere in the middle where that shit meets up and there's actually truth in there. And so the one thing that my friend and hopefully she listens to this because she knows she's the one that gave this to me, but I fucking love you. She told me to go into it curious. She said, let everything go. Just go in curious and see how that feels. And I was like, I'm going to try it. And I did. I went in curious. I didn't go in with the, you hurt me. You fucking bitch. I'm not listening to shit. I don't trust you anymore. I didn't go in with the poor me. I'm not enough. I don't make it. I'm not going to do anything. I went into with curiosity and I listened to Tears her. in my eyes. That's so fabulous. I love it was, that. 
And it, it was, as we all know, my nipples go hard when I'm really affected and they are <laughs> on point right now. So it was one of those oh, moments where, <laughs> where it just, it allowed both of us to stop the narrative in our head. And I just said, I totally hear you. I appreciate what you're saying. I went into this curious. And so this is what I have taken from what you're saying. And again, so here's where I'm coming from. And when I tell you that that conversation was the most adult, amazing, healing, transformative conversation with another woman in my life, that's what it was. It was just, she was like, oh my fuck. I'm so, and we're both bawling and we're both saying that we're sorry for the inability to communicate and and show up for each other where we're at. She apologized for the narrative she had in her head. She goes, I just, all I could hear was you telling me that this program wasn't for you. And it never occurred to me that you're still here learning and inputting and, and doing all these things to better yourself in the career that you want. You've never denigrated this program. You've just simply said that this isn't for you. And I took that as a personal attack. I took that because she is a trained certified coach for them. Wow. She's like, I took that as a mama bear moment to protect my program. And I should have just hurt you and been able to say, I totally get it. How can I make this a better experience for you? What can we work on for you to take away the most that you can out of this program so that you still go out and you're successful? And so I got an apology for being shut down and shamed and, and minimized and diminished. And not only did she do that for me, then we had our group meeting, our training session that next weekend. And, um, we always got broken out into our groups and she apologized to me in front of the nine people. Wow. And this was not something that was front and center to anybody with the exception of the one gal that I, that I talked to that was privy to it. But this was all something that happened behind closed doors. So for her to bring this out in front of the group and, and she was very vulnerable and cried and she was like, I just need to start this by, and she started crying and she's like, Jenna, is it okay if I share? And I was like, I'm going to cry, but yeah, absolutely. And she said, this is what I did. And I'm, I'm have shame about it, but we've talked about it and we've healed around it. And I'm so, she's taught me, you know, to be curious and to not have this narrative in my head and we can all be better by, by having this communication and just understanding. And that's where that thought thing, just because we have a thought doesn't make it true. Right. Right. You know, we have a thought and it's, those thoughts are, are affected by a myriad of, of (laughs) emotions. Like, are you having a good day? Are you having a bad day? You know what that thought is compared to where you're at mentally and emotionally or physically. Sometimes we're just so fucking physically tired and somebody says something with the best of intentions and we're like, no, this is terrible. And they're like, what the fuck? (laughs) What the fuck just happened? So keeping an open mind, being curious, understanding that thoughts are just thoughts, being vulnerable, being open and honest is going to, in your daily regular life for yourself is going to allow you to grow in so many more places and sex. I mean, we, we talk about some of the harder scenes where you have somebody that is dominant over somebody that is not that level of trust. How many, (laughs) how many horror stories have you heard about doms? Right. Uh, Yeah. Terrible because it's not how that's supposed to be. Communication is such a huge thing in sex. It is when we are at one of our most vulnerable moments, when we are naked in front of somebody, 
when our flaws are hanging out, when our insecurities are there for everybody to see, whether that's my eyebrows don't look good today, or whether that's I have cellulite, or whether that's I'm really shy, or maybe I don't have a lot of experience with sex. Whatever those are, when we show up for our partners vulnerably and we have communication that we can use between the two, man, what fucking sexual peaks we can't hit. It's been pretty amazing. Hopefully people can forgive us for changing the narrative a little bit. Well, I think it's very important because I feel that it's important that we have this communication. What made my life better is the simple fact that I learned how to communicate not just in the bedroom. I mean, it made my life better on so many levels. Yeah. I, I communicate with my son. I communicate with my mother who are my biggest stressors in life. I communicate better with them. Sometimes I do it shitty. Sometimes I do a hell of a lot better than I do with any Joe Blow in the public. We're always growing, learning and evolving. But if we can't master simple communication between each other, we're going to devolve as humans. I think that's what sets us apart from animals. We're certainly not going to grow. I just think it's important that we simply have this conversation about talking and it doesn't have to necessarily be, though I appreciate bed talk because that's my favorite. The dialogue with my partner last night. We weren't plugged in lately. We were disconnected. We got plugged back in and we started communicating. And then one moment I just had this raw urge to like have these mini orgasms that I could have and I needed <laughs> to communicate. I'm like, don't stop. So of course, having just simple opening your mouth in bed going like that, keep it going is communicating. They yeah. can't, I love how you say they can't read your mind. They're not mind readers. No. Well, and it's, you know, I think that's a, it's a hard line to always communicate in bed, especially if you're facing away from your partner and what type of person you are, what type of sex, like role play trance, are you personally connected? I have a partner that is, he wants to stare in my eyes. He wants that connection between us where I'm like, my eyes are back in my head and I'm out. Like, I don't, I'm a trans person. You know, it's interesting to, now that I know that he'll gently bring me out of my trance to make that connection. And then he allows me to go back into the trance. Also in my brain now, no, because he's communicated to me, that's a turn on for him. I'm now able to come out of my trance moments at times, make the the eye contact and connect with him and then go back to doing what I'm doing. So again, it's something small and there's not really any talking to it, but the communication has been such that now it's great. I think we did a lot in this conversation. We covered so much and I know we're not going to be done. There's more to come on this one. We are the orgasmic terrorists. We'll make you come over and over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) Always. We want you to come back and listen to us, please. I want to encourage at the end of this to come back and write us your input. Tell us that you like or dislike something we said. You can send us an email at orgasmic terrorist at gmail.com or you can go to our website and send us a message through there as well at orgasmicterrorist.com and as well please like follow and share our podcasts we are on itunes podbean and our website orgasmicterrorist.com and spotify so please help us get out there and help educate other people that's the whole reason that we're here to do this 
And we'd love to hear from you. Jenna and I would love to answer questions like how do you handle a certain scenario? I would love to hear your answer to our naughty novel bouts, which is another one coming up soon on that. With that said, go be good humans. Go be good humans, people. Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening and supporting our podcast. Just to let you know, you can check us and all of our resources out at orgasmicterrorist.com, or you can leave us a message by calling 503-451-5234. Go be great humans to each other. Summer delighted us with a wonderful reading and we thought we'd share it with you. Enjoy! From the New York Times bestseller, Fifty Shades of Chicken, a parody cookbook by F.L. Fowler, an excerpt, Dripping Thighs. The way his apron hangs from his hips already has me all wobbly, but as he coats my thighs with sticky liquid, I can hardly contain myself. Is it the wine, or is my aroma starting to drive him crazy, too? He heats me up fast, and it won't take much to finish me off now. His lips cork up into a smile. My own juices are mixing with the coating and running all over the place. I get the strangest, sweetest, most hedonistic feeling up and down. It's Epicureanism running wild. He spreads my thighs out on a plate, sticky hands and at least five wet napkins. What will the housekeeper think? 